All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Daily Faceoff Show, your everyday source for the latest news with top-notch insight and analysis. Live every weekday at New Eastern. Welcome into a March 29th edition of the Daily Faceoff Show. Mike McKenna and Tyler Yaramchuk with you for the second straight day, Mike. It feels like we're getting some chemistry going here, like a line. Well, I mean, we spent all that time in Vegas together. We're besties at this point, man. So we got that vibe. We're going to bring all the late breaking stuff. But dude, like, have you been up as early as me? I was up at 545 to go coach the Warriors this morning. Have you been grinding that long? No, absolutely not. I wake up exactly 45 seconds before our pre-show call in the morning. <laughs> Let's start two minutes and 30 <laughs> seconds up on the clock and dig into some big hockey stories, starting with uh, some sad news out of Ottawa last night. The Senators announcing that their owner, Eugene Melnick, passed away at the age of 62 after a battle with an illness. In a statement, the Senators talked about his passion for not just the Senators, but for hockey in general, horse racing as well. They also touched on the work he did supporting the military and also the the numerous charitable initiatives that he both supported and championed and ran himself. Um, this was the statement from the Senators. Also, Senators Captain Brady Kachuk putting this out last night, saying Mr. Melnick provided me, my teammates, and many Sens players who came before us with an opportunity to live out our dream. The Ottawa community will miss you greatly. Condolences to your family. From a hockey perspective, Melnick's legacy is... Certainly a complicated one, though. This is a guy who, you know, saved the Senators from bankruptcy back in 2003. Under his watch, the Senators went on some fantastic runs as well. You think of the run back in 2015 with the Hamburglar. There were you know, good years in Ottawa. There were also not so great moments when you think about the numerous bitter divorces between the Senators and star players like Daniel Alfredson. And 
when you look at the hockey perspective, that ties into the fan base as well. I mentioned it, you know, he saved them from bankruptcy. But at the same time, this was a fan base. You know, they gave him a liver when he needed it in 2015. They also had Melnick out billboards running around the city when he vaguely threatened relocation at the at the outdoor game a few years ago. It's just complicated, I think, is the word that comes to my mind when I think of his relationship with that fan base. Mike, you played for the Senators. You were a member of that organization. What are your thoughts on Melnick's sort of ultimate legacy? Yeah, I was a member twice. And, you know, the first time, 2010-11, it's, it seemed pretty normal. And and by 2018-19, there, there was some pretty odd stuff going on. And I think that's the hard part when you look at somebody like Eugene Melnick, who he did save a franchise. He did a ton of charitable things in the Ottawa area. And like you said, military and, and others. But you think about lasting legacy. And ultimately, unfortunately, it's that he alienated a fan base and some of the key players to that franchise. Danny Heatley, bitter, bitter divorce with him. Yeah. Alex, you know, Danny Alfredson twice. So and there's even still a, a billion dollar lawsuit that's still going on with Trinity Development regarding development of what would have been a new arena. And I think the biggest thing for Melnick for me that was that kind of characterized later on in his life was just how he did not like the media being critical of him or his team in any way. And if they were too negative, passes would be revoked. And, you know, he wanted everybody to be on board with the senators. And in that way, he was the ultimate fan. He did want well for the franchise. Um, but when you look at lasting legacy, ultimately, it's that, man, things were tough these last couple of years in Ottawa. But uh, you have to thank Eugene Melnick, though, for at that time, stepping up, saving a franchise and keeping it in Ottawa, where there should be uh, an NHL team by all standards, Tyler. We lost Tyler here. So until Tyler comes back, we'll pivot this to looking to where the senators may be headed now in the future. And to me, you know, Tyler, when we get you back here, the big question is, you know, who actually owns the senators at this point? Well, Bruce Garriock of the Ottawa Sun has said uh, that Eugene Melnick did tell him at one point that the senators have been set up to be in his family for generations. So assuming that is the case, it will remain in the family. Who knows if this team will be put up for sale in the future. But if it does, I think you can be very safely assured that the team will remain in Ottawa. I can't imagine the NHL would let this franchise go anywhere else. That's my opinion. On the ice, you look at this team now. You've got Jakey Sanderson, who's just come out of the university in North Dakota, fifth overall draft pick in 2020 by the Senators. They need defense, and they need it badly. He's a puck mover. Uh, he does have an injury currently. We'll see where that goes with him. But he was over a point a game in college. And you look at the young talent that the Senators have amassed through the rebuild program that GM Pierre Dorian and owner Eugene Melnick put in place late or early in 2018 or 2019, I believe that was. And you've got players like Brady Kachuk, Drake Batherson, Thomas Shabbat, uh, Josh Norris, Tim Stutzla, so many good young players in the Senators franchise. But if you ask me if they want to be competitive and get this team where it needs to be, they have got to spend money. They have got to get quality to veterans in, quality defensemen. And you think about Maybe even a pending UFA like Claude Giroux, who's from the Ottawa area. This is just a fly. This is a spaghetti on the wall instance. But imagine if they could land Giroux or someone of his caliber and make free agents around the NHL believe it's a good decision to Ottawa to buy into that franchise again. They have great pieces, but they need some more. So hopefully here, let's welcome Tyler back in here. Uh, we'll see if we've got your mic coming back yeah. at us. Tyler, do we have you? 
Yeah, yeah, I think you uh, got me back here now. And it, that, I was going to say, Pierre Dorian today, emotional, was talking about how Melnick, you know, isn't going to get to see that next step the senator's taken to mm-hmm. being, you know, built into a winner. And that's something that we were speculating could happen this summer. You mentioned a name like Claude Giroux, right? And I mean, if, if there's sort of this ownership thing that's now up in the air, you wonder if that potentially has any sort of impact on the senator's ability to spend money and land top free agents this summer, like maybe the plan could have been. Um, Let's stay in the Eastern Conference, though, and move on to what happened on the ice last night in the NHL. And there was a handful of 6-1, 6-2 games last night. One of them was the Carolina Hurricanes taking down the Washington Capitals. Uh, Five players with two-plus points. Marty Natchez had a great game. Max Domi seems to be fitting in pretty well in Carolina. And this got me thinking about sort of the seeding races in the East. We know that's kind of all that's up for grabs right now with the eight playoff teams kind of set. And I'm, I looked out west and I was like, man, Colorado and Calgary, they both kind of have their divisions locked up for the most part. And there isn't a ton to play for there when you look at who the two opponents could be in the wild card spots. In the East, I don't think that's the case at all. I think if you're Carolina or Florida, you are absolutely gunning for one of those top two spots or for that top spot because being first means you get Washington in round one in all likelihood. Being second means you could very well be playing one of Boston, Toronto, or Tampa. And when I look at those three teams and compare them to Washington, I'm not sure there is much of a comparison. Washington's really struggled for stretches this year. Since January 1st, they're 19th in the league in points percentage. That race for the top spot in the East is going to be fascinating to me right up until the end because I don't think Florida or Carolina are going to have the option to rest players down the stretch or take their foot off the gas in any sort of capacity. Mike, when you look at these Eastern Conference standings, which seeding races is the most intriguing to you? Well, I definitely agree with you that yeah, finishing first is going to be important for those clubs. And I do think Washington's been much better once they got Anthony Mantha back uh, and got past trade deadline. And you've got Vitek Vanacek, who's played well for the Capitals, but they are the lesser of the teams in that conference. And I look at it from the standpoint that Florida, Carolina and Florida, they're the pace setters. Okay. Carolina's five points ahead of Pittsburgh. Florida leads Tampa Bay by six points. I'm going to assume they win their divisions. What I'm really looking for is home ice in the Atlantic. I want to see who finishes second in that division because you've got Tampa, Boston, and Toronto all fighting it out underneath Florida. And as you can see, Florida's just running away with it. Some of the performances from their players. I, if I'm on one of those teams, Tampa, Boston, Toronto, It's so tight. You want every advantage you can get, Tyler. I would want home ice in a game seven. That's what I'm looking to to this, especially think about if somehow Toronto and Boston end up being the two and three seeds in the Atlantic. You absolutely want to be set, especially if you're Boston. You want that home game. If it's a game seven, you want to have any control you could possibly have. I'm really keeping an eye on that because as we know, Tyler, one through eight, we know the teams that are in in the East. It's all a matter of seeding from this point moving forward. The first round of the playoffs are always fascinating, but there is a scenario in which in the Eastern Conference, if Carolina comes first, they would get Washington. If Toronto and Boston can grab those two, three spots, we would get Leafs Bruins round one. At the same time, we're getting Panthers lightning round one. That would just be absolutely unbelievable. It'd be so good. And I mean, just even think if you got Rangers and Pittsburgh going at it over there in the other in the metro division like dude the matchups in the east are going to be so exciting i think 
Yeah, it may be a bit of a crawl to the finish line with not much in terms of a playoff race going on there. But that first round in the East is going to be incredible. Uh, moving out west here last night in Edmonton, Phil Kessel. He actually moved too clear of Doug Jarvis for second all time on the Ironman streak. And the reason I wanted to bring this up is because he passed Jarvis on Sunday and there really wasn't a lot of attention paid to it, which is interesting compared to when you look back earlier in the year. And it seemed like every couple of days it was Yandel watch. What was going on with Keith Yandel? And as you can see, he ultimately has the record at 978 Kessel down at 966 but the Yandel thing was a huge deal and part of it was the fact that you know he was staying in the lineup largely because of that streak even going back to his time in Florida Yandel was you know not getting healthy scratched because I think there was fear about the backlash of if that's what ended his Ironman streak you look at Kessel now 966 consecutive games and aside from the one game in Detroit where he quickly jumped on a jet after one shift and one shot on goal so he could be with his wife while she was having uh, their first child Kessel has been in the lineup and been a key player for basically all 966 of those games like what an incredible accomplishment from a guy in, in Phil Kessel who is often the butt of a lot of jokes but then you look at this streak and you go man like what a career what a run by Kessel Great guy, loves the game, right? I mean, he's only a dozen games off of Keith Yandel, and I think that's kind of this perspective that you have to look at it as, which one of these two can make it last longer? And if you have to put your money on it, I'd probably say Phil Kessel, because I'm not sure where Keith Yandel's going to end up after this season in Philadelphia. And, you know, look at Kessel's games, a dozen off. He's still put up 40 points in 66 games this year. He's got 11 on the power play. If that team was better in Arizona and could surround him with some higher end players, I have no doubt in my mind he'd be right back at his usual totals. I think the big question for Phil in the future is what does his next contract look like? I mean, he's playing for an $8 million cap hit currently. It's probably unmovable at the trade deadline. Where does he go next year? Is it a three mil deal, four, five, one, two years? I can't imagine it'll be long term. But he is a dad now. You'd think he's going to want to stay in one place. He's accomplished everything he wants in hockey. Two Stanley Cups. Should have had a con Smythe. He got robbed of that uh, one of the playoff rounds or the playoff series when the Penguins won the Stanley Cup. And uh, he's just a legend, dude. Like, and the best part was the other, the last game he played against Edmonton last night. He hardly took anything in warmups. Skates out and barely moves. Look at the distance here. Okay, this is Karel Vomelka and Josef Kozinash, the two goaltenders with the hardest names in the world to pronounce. Kessel mm -hmm. moved just over two to 300 feet more in warmups and was on the ice for 10 minutes. That is conservation of movement. That is saving your energy for the game. He knows when the puck drops. That's when it matters, Tyler. Yeah, I love that as too. You know, work uh, work smarter, not harder, right? Phil, that's 966 it. straight games. He knows exactly what he needs to do in warm up to be ready. And that's the end right there. Uh, but I love it. Congrats to Phil Kessel on moving into second all time there. And uh, let's uh, head down to Florida once again, where our man Frank Saravalli is standing by at the GM meetings. All right. We are excited to be joined by Frank Cervalli down live at the Board of Governors meeting in Florida. And Frank, uh, we're so jealous of you always being by the beach. We figured we would uh, dress appropriately for this one. I love it. What is there a winter classic outdoor game that you guys are you're dressing up for? Um, look, it, it was so hot today. <laughs> I, I had to come in and do it inside. No one needs to see me on camera sweating. <laughs> 
Fair enough. Uh, let's jump right into it. It is icebreakers delivered by our friends at DoorDash, Frank. And our first question we got here, a lot of talk heading into the week about LTIR and what could be potentially happening there. Uh, what's your update and what sort of ended up happening at the meeting? Yeah, so I think there was some frank discussion on Tuesday at the board, at the GM meetings. And I think there was a lot of you know, back and forth between the league and the general managers. And the response from Gary Bettman today was, look, this is a system that's been in place for 17 years. This has not popped up often. And more to the point, we don't feel like this is something that's being abused. He said the overwhelming response was that the general managers agreed with that sentiment. In speaking with some of them privately, I'm not necessarily sure that that's exactly the case because I think there is concern that, you know, this is a copycat league. You've seen a number of teams now be in this spot. And he was actually asked, Gary Bettman specifically, about the Vegas Golden Knights and how they've managed their LTIR situation to this point. And the response was, we don't see any issues at the moment. And that is the case. There have not been any rules broken. Uh, there has not been anything attempted to suggest that there may be rules broken. So the takeaway here is that the league discussed it. The general managers voiced their opinion. And it's not as simple a fix because the salary cap is more complicated than that to just say, hey, we're putting in place a system for the playoffs where you, know, you need to be under this cap number with the roster that you're icing. That's not exactly how it works. And I think what they did is he, they cooled the temperature down a bit in terms of some managers that may be frustrated with how it's working. I think he said, we're always open to discussing something like this with the NHL Players Association. But my sense is, while the league may have an appetite to do something and the GMs do as well, that they're not ready to give something up in order to make this happen. Gary Bettman using the term, this is not going to be a front burner issue in discussions with the NHLPA. Frank, you just let me know when that first spike ball game is, and I'll be on a plane immediately. I'm ready for it down there in FLA. <laughs> you touched on the VGK briefly, and curious, after the Dodonov trade was voided last week, is there any change coming in how the league handles no trade lists? Yes, the NHL, in fact, Bill Daly, the deputy commissioner, is saying on Tuesday that they expect to finish off an agreement with the NHL Players Association. We're starting likely this summer or with any new contract that's filed that would have a no trade clause, that there will be a central database where the league and the NHL Players Association will have equal access with central registry to have every no trade list on file to make sure that something like the Evgeny Dadanoff situation never unfolds again. And you see something like this, and it's mutually beneficial for both the NHL to have that information. It's beneficial for the NHL Players Association to make sure that they have a player that's not in that spot again. And so this is something that'll be wrapped up in, in relatively short order. That agreement is scheduled to be drafted and sent over to the union on Tuesday. We'll see how quickly they can sign off on it. But that is change, tangible change that's going to be coming out of was a really wacky and interesting uh, deadline scenario. The NHL acknowledging formally on Tuesday that they did not have Dodonov's no trade list on file, which was a big reason why Central Registry, of course, at first ended up first approving that trade before it ended up getting voided. Frank, a lot of fans ask this question a lot. Um, the salary cap, is there is it going up next year? It is a $1 million increase. That's the projection to 82.5. It was very simple formula that the NHL has had in place going back to the pandemic 
when they negotiated the CBA with the NHL Players Association, you know, provided that the previous $4.8 billion revenue target was hit, that the salary cap would increase by $1 million. There's a series of $1 million increases that are likely to come over the next number of years. As the NHL reiterated again their projection on Tuesday that the $1 billion debt that players owe the owners is scheduled or projected to be repaid by the end of the 2024-25 season. And so if you're doing the math on that, the first year that the salary cap could actually have a meaningful increase would be the 2025-26 season. So we're a long ways off from some real free-flowing spending by NHL teams, more of a relatively flat cap. But at least for next season, the projection is that a $1 million increase will be in place as we reported back in August. Just quickly, when you say that year where the cap could go up, would you expect like a moderate climb in that year or is there a chance we get like a big spike? There's a real chance for a big spike because basically the way it works now is salary or uh, the salary cap is delinked from revenue. It's always been, hey, if your revenue is X, the salary cap is going to be Y. And for these last number of years, it's basically been kept artificially low so that the players can repay the owners that $1 billion debt. Um, And now moving forward, once you would link it back to revenue again, well, then revenue, you know, in 2025, 26, theoretically should be a lot higher than it was pre-pandemic. And so the cap will come up uh, in accordance with that. And so you could see it go from... You know, if the next few years are are one million dollars scheduled increases, which is the way the CBA is structured, that by twenty twenty five twenty six, if it starts at you know eighty five that previous season, you could see it mid nineties, potentially a hundred million dollar cap, depending on how revenue grows between now and then. And that's the hope for everyone that the NHL increases revenue, they find some new meaningful revenue sources. By the way, we got an update today on the twenty twenty four World Cup of Hockey. Still not giving out a lot of details. Uh, but it's going to be an eight-team tournament, it sounds like. Uh, they're not sure which federations will be participating, likely a play-in tournament that exists in August or September of 2023. Uh, they're working hard. They feel like they're behind the eight ball a little bit on that 2024 World Cup of Hockey. So still lots of agreements to get in place, but they're well down the track on getting something like that done for 2024 and 2028. Maybe that's a, another revenue generator that you can help see that cap increase in a real meaningful way by 2025-26. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but they did say no Team North America, no Team Europe. It's going to be a more traditional format for that World Cup of Hockey? Correct. Yeah, we knew that going back a few weeks that uh, they were trying to do everything they could to not uh, you know, not have a Team North America, Team Europe set up. It's going to be a qualifying uh, process where you, you play your way into the tournament, which I think is kind of what it always should be. You shouldn't have... Connor McDavid playing against Canada or Austin Matthews playing against Team USA at any point, even if they are young guys. So uh, an eight-team tournament is what it looks like. Who who knows what happens with Russia? So many things up in the air, but they're hard at work on that 2024 World Cup of Hockey. Fantastic stuff as always, Frank, and good on you for keeping a straight face while Mike and I just look like absolute doofuses here over on the side of the screen. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. It's it's well-played, well-timed, and the fact that you were able to do that and pull it off was a nice little surprise as we... uh, played through that quick 10 second bumper. So enjoy it guys. Uh, Enjoy the outfits, enjoy the sunglasses and uh, I shall raise a beer for you on the beach later today.
Absolutely, Frank. This has been another edition of Icebreakers with Frank Saravalli, delivered to you by DoorDash. Promo codes DFODD, DFODDUS. Get you 25% off and no delivery fees on your first order. Frank will be back on the show Thursday. Till then, this has been another edition of Icebreakers. Uh, we're going to stay dressed up here. I had to take off the shades because they're incredibly smudged, as you can imagine, up in Alberta. They don't get a lot of use in these months, Mike McKenna. Uh, but let's get to our daily phase-off inbox question. Hashtag AskDFO. There are a handful of just unreal matchups tonight in the NHL. Toronto, Boston, Carolina, Tampa Bay, New York, Pittsburgh, Colorado, Calgary. Mike, which game you watching tonight? Uh, it's this one that we've highlighted here. You can see Boston and Toronto. These teams have identical records i mean they're both sitting so close in the standings. boston's in the wild card spot toronto's in third place in the atlantic and what i think is really fascinating is that depending what tampa bay does tonight against the hurricanes either boston or toronto could leapfrog into second place into that home ice slot in the first round in the atlantic that's really big i think and boston's the hottest team in the eastern conference right now they've won four straight games jeremy swayman's gonna go in net he's only lost once in his last 11 starts again boston eight one and one in their last 10 and toronto's been playing well recently as well. Matthews and Marner have been on a tear. Tavares clicking and Peter Mrazek was good on Sunday in a win over the Panthers. If I had to handicap this, I'd probably go towards Boston because Swayman's just been so good. Who do you have an eye on, Tyler? I'm going to be uh, sticking out West here and I I will be watching Toronto, Boston. That's fantastic. It's an early game, but that late game, Colorado, Calgary, I mean, that could very well be the Western conference final this season. You look at the records and obviously Colorado, you know, a little bit further ahead there, but go back to the last time these two teams met, it was Calgary coming away with a victory, even though they started their backup Dan Vladar, you look at Colorado, they're coming off a loss to Minnesota. And I think they kind of got a little bit to prove here. I think if you're the Avs, you're going, Hey, we just lost to Mini. We've lost to Calgary recently. We need to kind of put our stake in the ground and let everyone know that we are the best team in the Western Conference. So I actually think even though maybe there's not a ton to play for in the standings in this one, like there is in Toronto, Boston, I think there's a lot of pride on the line in terms of uh, this matchup between Colorado and Calgary. And of course, you know me, these aren't going to be the only games I'm watching because I'll have some money on the line tonight. So let's dig into our daily bets, courtesy of our friends at Points Bet Canada. They are coming Ontario in April. So keep an eye out for that. Let's jump into things with uh, a little bit of a parlay action. The LA Kings let me down last night. And for that, I will personally never forgive them. But I'm going back to another parlay tonight. And it's the Panthers and Wild in regulation, paying plus 127. I like both of these favorites to roll tonight. The Panthers are going with Sergei Bobrovsky against Montreal. They're 7-2-1 in their last 10. The Habs, they have just three wins in their last 10 and out west. The Wild, they're red hot right now. They've won six in a row. We just said they beat the Avalanche, so I think they should be able to handle a Flyers team in what is a bit of a layup of a matchup for the Wild. The Wild have lost three of the first four games on their current road trip with all of those losses coming in regulation. I also have one other play tonight on the team front, and it's the Dallas Stars to beat the Anaheim Ducks in regulation at minus 110. I don't understand why the Ducks are getting as much love as they are from the sports books here. They've been brutal 
since the trade deadline. They have just one win in their last 10 games as well. The Stars, they're in the thick of a playoff race, and they really can't afford to drop an easy two points against Anaheim. So I think the Stars will be hungry. They just had their three-game winning streak snapped over the weekend, but they've had a couple of days off to sort of recover. I like Dallas to win in regulation at minus 110. And for my two-player props, I'm starting out on Long Island with Anders Lee, who... He only has 13 assists on the season. He wasn't getting any early in the year, but he has like five in his last four games. He's hit this mark in three of his last four. So I'm all over a very juicy payout of plus 220 on Anders Lee to pick up an apple. And I actually have another player prop going back to that Florida Montreal game. It's a busy night for me. I'm taking Claude Giroux to pick up an assist in three games with the Panthers. Giroux has hit this mark twice and he actually has a total of four assists in that span. Plus money payout. Lots of goals should be happening for the Panthers stand against the Habs. And I love Giroux to get involved and pick up an apple at plus 105. And Mike, before we get to garbage time, let me also just say the people who just tune in to like the social media clips we post of this show are going to see me and you dressed like this and be incredibly confused at what's going on. Good, good. And I, I forgot to mention yeah. this earlier. You know, when you put sunscreen on, you're supposed to clean your hands before you touch your sunglasses. So just, you know, future, if you ever get out of Alberta and manage to get somewhere really sunny <laughs> where you need some sunscreen in the future, just just heed that advice, if you would. I, appre I appreciate that advice. You're always looking out for me like a good teammate. Uh, what do you got That's for right. garbage time? <laughs> well, let me tell you something. The fact that NCAA... <laughs> NCAA players are now coming out of college and having until August 15th to decide whether they want to sign with the team that drafted them or not is just ridiculous. You've got players that have been uh, draft possession of an NHL team for four years. They go to college and then it expires and they can become a UFA. Really? That's how this system is set up. And what it's doing is creating a pressure point where now after sophomore year, after junior year, NHL teams are trying to get all these kids to sign early because they don't want to lose their rights. They're afraid that they'll go UFA, go to another team like Jimmy Vesey did. Uh, he was a Nashville draft pick, ends up wanting to go to the Rangers. That's where he uh, found his home. And I just can't stand this system. Okay, I don't know the, the proper fix to it, whether these players now go another year past that, August 15th after they graduate. It just needs to stop. Because right now it puts so much pressure on these kids to leave school early. And I don't like that. I think the players should be in charge of when to make that the decision rather than receiving pressure from an NHL team strictly because they're afraid of losing a player. Yeah, I think that's really well put. Like I'm, I remember the Justin Schultz sweepstakes as well. And it, it actually, I think in a way, you know, it gives these players the choice to go wherever, but I also think it builds in a lot of pressure that, that maybe is even a mm -hmm. little bit unnecessary when you compare what to maybe a traditional out of the CHL or out of Europe drafted player could kind of go through. So an excellent point by you, Mike, and that will put the wraps on an excellent show, a beach themed show here at, at Daily Faceoff. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the show. Until then, keep it locked on Daily Faceoff for all your hockey needs. We'll talk tomorrow. Thanks for watching the Daily Face-Off show. Make sure you hit subscribe on our YouTube channel to never miss an episode. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Face-Off Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.